Welcome to the Band of Brothers podcast. We are beginning a new six-week study entitled Communicating with Your Family. We are being led by Rick Wirtz from Faithful Fathering Initiative of Texas. We meet on Thursday mornings from 6 a.m. to 7.30 a.m. We welcome you there at the Fellowship Center at Houston's First Baptist Church. Hope to see you soon and have a great day. Good morning. How you be? Were you uh, missing a few fellows this morning, huh? Dude, did you not take care of the wake-up calls, Alex, for your group, or what? All right, well, let's uh, let's open in prayer, and we'll get going. Lord, we do praise you for this day. Gosh, what a blessing it is to be together, to, to uh, just uh, the six weeks have gone by very quickly. But, uh, bless our time together here this morning as we try to wrap up and, and just uh, be a little bit more grounded, Lord, in, in your word and your love and, and the clarity that you offer our communication, primarily with you, Lord, and secondarily uh, with our wives in our homes, that we can honor you and glorify you at every turn. So uh, bless our time together. Those that are on their way here, please get them there safely, here safely, and uh, just guide our time together. We lift these things up in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, let's uh, let's review just a little bit. I, I didn't, I was just being sarcastic. We won't stay at that fast-forward pace, but I do want to share with you the uh, the fact that we, we, over these past, you know, the last four weeks of this six-week study, we were talking about equipping. So remember the first thing we did is we looked at listening well. You know, that was the art of active listening. You know, all the physical, emotional, and spiritual dimensions of listening. And we, we laid out the case of, of remember how uh, uh, in Cinderella Man, he got below the level of his son to listen clearly and really connect with his son through that conversation. Well, what we found out really is what we're emulating is the example our Heavenly Father has shared with us in the triune God. He's there as a father in the spirit. He, uh, and he came in the physical in Jesus the Christ, and he offered us the counselor for the emotional dimension, the Holy Spirit. So that's what we're talking about. And as long as we practice that in all three dimensions, didn't you see that your listening went up a level? That makes sense? Yeah? That's what we were working on. Uh, next dimension, we talked about the communicating in conflict, where the, we talk about the safe structure. And, uh, you know, there were several comments made how that safe structure really opened up a new level of dialogue because, indeed, when you feel safe, you can communicate and be real. We talked about how we work to neutralize the four horsemen or those negative patterns that we identified, the four primary negative patterns that take our communication spiraling southward. You know, staying calm minimizes the escalation to an argument. Uh, being non-defensive helps us manage any negative interpretation or mind reading that's going on. Uh, practicing that validation, that's what we'll cover this morning a little bit as well, a little bit more so, but uh, practicing validation eliminates the opportunity to invalidate a loving uh, a family member. And finally, no digging up the past uh, was the rule you know, your memory isn't real good. We remember how we want to remember, right? So when we dig up the past, sometimes uh, we'll, we'll get ourselves into a withdrawal and avoidance type uh, negative, negative communication pattern that will take that communication going southward. So, again, that safe structure is about neutralizing those uh, negative patterns. And finally, last week we talked about handling problems well. Uh, we were really really working on trying to keep our problems on the surface because once they get below the surface or you start to dig up, you know, you start to 
uh, understand that there are some hidden issues, then those take some pretty focused prayer and discussion time. But the model that we identified was the discussion, go to prayer, and then work through a solution, understanding that there isn't always a solution, that, but what you want to do is not allow there to be that residual damage, that woundedness that, that festers for years. So uh, there we talked about getting counsel or agreeing to disagree. The homework was pretty specific along those lines. How did it go this week? Any comments on the homework? Application boxes, anything? I, I, I thought the, custom, the questions got a little bit you know, personal here. It talked about mocking behavior is often found in family discussions that turn sour. Define the characteristics of mocking. Do you mock family members? They get a little bit personal in these things, don't they? You know. But as we work through that, how about the weekly family uh, meeting? Did you all do that? Anybody do that? Okay. Thanks for being honest. <laughs> that's that's why we have this book because at some point you go back. It's just like you know you'll go back and use it, and that's what it's about. You know, keep it alive, keep it dynamic. I encourage you to go back and review it. But this week we're talking about the blessings and uh, the verbal blessings and affirmations. And I want to take us there by, first of all, identifying what affirmation is. You know, if you look at Webster's, it identifies it as to say positively, to declare firmly, assert to be true. You know, that's where I take exception to this, uh, everybody gets a trophy society. You know, I don't know when it started. Well, I do know when it starts. When Dad stopped coaching and Mom started doing all this stuff, I thought, yes, I'm I'm being sarcastic. But they, this idea that everybody gets a trophy all the time is not a Dad's thing. You know, this is not this is not you know, you you can't uh, build self-esteem by giving rewards for nothing, for just participating, for just showing up. And that's, that's an exception, and that's not the affirmation that we're talking about here. When you assert something to be true, you assert it to be very uh, 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 encouraging, very uh, empowering on the direction that, that a child or whoever is, is taking. So uh, when, I, when I see or when we, you know, when it was tried in our, in our soccer team when our kids were growing up, I, I just shut it down. I didn't see why we should give trophies for participation. We didn't give an MVP trophy either. If we won a tournament or we, we had won the league or something like that, then yeah, there were there were ribbons and there were trophies and that type of thing. But I thought that it was important to understand that participation doesn't get you a trophy. Participation is what's expected. And then you affirm that in your encouragement and your words. And so when we affirm, we, we do assert to be true, to make valid, to confirm, uphold, to ratify that progress is being made. And uh, this is this is powerful stuff. This is uh, this is our opportunity to really uh, begin to build that foundation, particularly for our kids or any relationship, to say this is built on truth. This is built on on what the Lord is up to in our lives, and then we 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 work on from there. When we do that, how to affirm? You know, I, I love the uh, comment on on page. Uh, 81 says researchers have discovered that negative pronouncements really do have an impact. For every negative statement, it takes five to 20 positive statements to overcome its impact. In the old patch, we used to say it took a thousand attaboys to make up for one old shoot. You know that that you just you just didn't overcome those things. This is uh, extremely powerful stuff here. 
when you're when you're talking about negativity, uh, it's different from being overcritical. Uh, there's there's a there's just a constant negativity that just is like a a, a cancer. I have a dear dear friend that uh, uh, had a, a, a teenage son that was going off on you know the wrong direction, getting involved in drugs and 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 just really making some wrong turns. And he finally did go into counseling, and uh, the counselor said challenged him to say to not make a negative comment until he had made ten affirming statements. He couldn't make a negative comment until he made 10 affirming statements. By that evening, he just broke down weeping because he hadn't realized how negative he had been with his son. Virtually everything was rah, 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 rah. And he just, he just broke down. And as he began to realize that, the, the son, it was just like the son made a, began to make that turn. And their relationship began to make that turn. And sure enough, you know, he pulled away from some of the negative influences. Right? So I, I just really encourage you to think very hard and, and take some personal notes. Maybe employ your wife. Just say, you know, how am I coming across negative? And then once you get there, then you can get into my issue as being overcritical. <laughs> And then that's that's something we have to you have to work through as well. Critical versus constructive critique. But when you affirm, show affection. Put a hug on the boy or the girl, uh, your wife. You know, put put that hug on there. Uh, the appropriate affection be hugs, kisses, uh, pats on the back, maybe a, a secret handshake. You know, whatever whatever it takes. You know that that's okay. You know those are those are affirmations that that you that relationship is unique. And that relationship is an affirming relationship. Uh, be a cheerleader. Provide that, uh, you know, how many of y'all play football in high school or baseball or, or not baseball, basketball? Because baseball doesn't have cheerleaders, right? You don't cry in baseball or no cheerleaders. But, but football, basketball, you had cheerleaders. What happened when you got out of high school? How many cheerleaders did you have? Did you marry one? That way you got the keeper. Okay, that's that's smart guys right here. That's why they're here early before <laughs> You kept it. If you married a cheerleader, then, then uh, she's taking, she, she keeps cheering for you. But most of us didn't. I did as well, by the way. There's, there's some intelligence there. Uh, the uh, the challenge is to understand that we do we tend to lose our cheerleader. In fact, it's quite the opposite in the workplace sometimes, isn't it? Anybody cheerleading for your success, for your next promotion? Or is there some competition there? Maybe something else going on in the office that isn't necessarily always supportive of your best interest. Give reinforcing nod or gesture. If you're not the huggy type, you know, give, give one of those nods, you know, give one of those powerful nods that says you're okay. Uh, make a supportive statement that will validate and encourage. Uh, young man, young lady, someone in your office, your wife, you know, this, this is what we do. If we're validating and encouraging, it's amazing how that will, that will play back. Uh, there's a there's a great uh, movie out another family movie I enjoy watching called Coach Carter, and uh, in this scene I just want you to look at how you know if you know the story Coach Carter goes back into the high school that he attended after he graduated from high school he was a, a all state basketball player and he graduated and, and was very successful in business it was on his heart to come back and make a difference in the community that he had grown up in now 
His family was living somewhere else. His son was going to school somewhere else, in the private school. But he came in to coach his basketball team. And what he has now is his son wanting to come to play for him. So this is a scene in that you don't have We can't, can't, okay, the, 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 the DVD is evidently damaged at uh, this scene. I'm sorry, my apologies. Uh, we can't find the scene, but they, what's happening here, and what I'll just, I'll just share with you the story. The story is that his son has taken initiative to, to uh, pull out of this private school. He is enrolled in this inner city school, and he's already done this. And one thing that his dad had already done with the players on the basketball team is he has initiated a contract that mandated that they have a 3.0 grade point, that they, they, they do their work, they sit in front of their class, they wear a, a tie to class, you know, all this stuff that they had never done. And his son comes in with that contract and says, here's my contract signed. He'd gotten a copy of it. I've already pulled out of this other school. Will you sign my release for that? And he, his dad, the first response is, I'll fix this. You're going, you're going back to your school. I'll fix this. And he just says, Dad, this is my decision. All I want to do is play ball for you. And his dad, you can see a realization comes in, so, you know, this young man's almost 18 years old. I need to respect him. And he affirmed him by accepting his contract, signing off on it, now, of course, he made a couple of amendments. 3.0 wasn't good enough for his son. It was 3.6 was what he had to have, 3.7 maybe. You know, he had made some amendments to hold him higher to a higher level of accountability. But he affirmed him in letting his son make this step and make this move into this inner city school. And the last comment Coach Carter made is, you earn every bit of playing time that you're going to get. I don't know if you ever played sports for your dad or if you coach your kids. You know, that's not always the healthiest situation. You know, usually you're too hard. You're much harder on your kids than you are uh, anybody else. But anyway, the, the point of this little scene was that there was an affirmation that wasn't natural for the dad. What do we want to do as men? We want to control the situation. And sometimes in that control, we don't affirm those that, approaches that's that's my issue that, that that's uh, when I see that when when I see that situation or where I'm overcritical of the situation I find myself not being very affirming in fact I'm overcritical to the point of, of constant negativity and fortunately you know Linda and you know, I, you know I'm getting more sensitive as as I get going you know, as we as we all mature get more sensitive to this negativity and, and that impact that it has. So my encouragement is to, to really study on, on, on this affirmation, making sure that when you affirm, it's, it's, it's a beefy affirmation. It, you aren't blowing smoke. You aren't, you aren't giving them a trophy for participating. It's a solid affirmation for who you are, you know, what's going on in your life. You've taken a positive step. Maybe you've taken some risk stumbled, but it's an affirmation that you are willing to take that risk. You're willing to push that envelope a little bit. So that's affirmation. Any comments or questions on affirmation? 
Are you good at it? You feel like you're an affirming person? Yeah? Okay. How about any uh, affirmations in your life? Anything come to mind at uh, a particular point in your life that you particularly you remember somebody just the first big attaboy that you got maybe? Related to sports, related to studies, at home. Your dad was always pretty encouraging. Amen. Very encouraging. Fantastic. You know, a dad can do that because, you know, you do little jobs around the house. He can say, boy, hey, this is a job well done. Or, you know, or uh, my dad had to, you know, where I, that overcritical nature could always be done better, you know. <laughs> that was our That was our role in our house. All right, well, affirmation is, is one of the keys that we can really bring to the table, both in our marriage as well as uh, in, uh, in, our, in our relationship with our kids. Because I guarantee you, you can't affirm a, w- a wife enough, can you? you know, a, a hug, a, boy, thanks for, thanks for whatever, whatever she's done. You know, it's uh, very powerful. All right, let's talk about blessings. What is a blessing? Providing a sense of belonging, communication of value, bestowing of competence. Big stuff. Communication of uh, sense, providing a sense of belonging, communication of value, bestowing of competence. competence. To speak good of or to praise. Simple but powerful, huh? There are many forms of blessing covered in your reading that says, uh, you know, it could be simply a, a short hug, some type of expression of love. I love you. By the way, if you all, how many have read Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages of Women? All right, congratulations. That's how we affirm. That's the best way to understand what, how, how to communicate and how to convey your uh, your 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 love in, in that way is is pretty powerful. It's, uh, it helps you get on the right page. A short hug or expression of love is one way. Uh, another could be a longer planned, more formal blessing. Where and this is on your table of handouts. So it could be where you incorporate uh, the words. You know, this is this is Jesus coming out of the water, right? I love you. I'm proud of you. This is my son with whom I'm well pleased. This is uh, this is powerful stuff, and as you do that, you know the longer, more planned blessing. Then that uh, that could be in a setting in a in a in a retreat uh, format. It may be a a dinner at at home or a special dinner. You all go out and you just you 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 bless your child in that in that environment. Uh, it can be as involved as I've I've read about bir- uh, birthday parties where uh, a young man's turning 16 and. And I think this is Robert Lewis's story. He wrote a young man turning 16, and he invited all of his buddies, his football buddies, to come to a, a dinner together to, to, for a birthday party, essentially. But he asked his buddies to, to write a paragraph about what they liked about his son. And so you had all your buddies come up there and read you know, what they liked about his son. And, and then his dad wrapped it up with his own letter saying, I love you, I'm proud of you. I affirm you in who you are and who you're becoming. Powerful stuff. 
And that's, that's an opportunity we have as, as uh, men, as fathers. The example that I, is also in your handout is the prayer. This is something I, I use. Uh, my kids know that I pray for them uh, daily. Uh, this is, uh, you know, I can give you an example. I, I, I prayed on way here this morning. I just Every morning, uh, my daughter, for example, I say, you know, Lord, uh, please watch over her and guide her, protect her from evil. Help her grow in your ways this day and every day. Uh, I move on and say, uh, bless her in her uh, work ethic, her discipline, her passion and perseverance, and nurturing the unique gifts that you've given her. I look at her uh, physically. I say, please bless her with good health and well-being. Protect her from injury and illness. Uh, bless her giftedness and her voice, her dancing, her acting. Help her to continue to nurture those gifts and, and let go and let you flow through her when, you, when she has a chance to audition or perform or whatever. And Lord, emotionally, uh, help her discern well through the distractions that she faces, keeping her well grounded, and you know, help her make the adjustments she needs to make emotionally and and uh, physically, but keep her well grounded spiritually in your word and in your love and who she is and who she is, with the discipline that is you in her life. To ask him to keep her in uh, prayer, uh, bless her with time and prayer and scripture daily that he would draw her closer to him every day. I ask him to surround her with Christian friends, that she would be a Christian friend to others. And finally, I ask him that in her time, or in his time, uh, not her time, but in his time, uh, either bring clarity in the present relationship she's in or, in, or bring a young man into her life that is well-grounded in his Christian faith, that's growing in his walk with you, that will love and care for her as you love and care for the church, Lord. Bless them with a happy and healthful marriage and family, with children that come to know Christ just as they have, and that their children and their children, their children will come to know Christ thanks to the seeds planted and nurtured this day. Why do I go out three and four generations? That's how far the sins of the Father go. All right? That's what I, and, and I'll never forget, when she was about 14, we were driving back from somewhere, and it was on her heart. She said, Dad, how do I know I'm going to meet the right guy? I said, because I pray for you every day. That he would bring a young man into your life that would love and care for you as Christ loves and cares for the church. She said, cool. <laughs> Took all the pressure off of her, you see. And that's, that's neat. Now, at 23, her mother, you know, through high school, her mother was quite nervous that she wasn't dating much. I said, Lord doesn't have the right guy in this school. Maybe not in this city, but not in that college. I don't know. That's up to the Lord. It's in his time, not in our time. So you see, and, and I've used that prayer in several settings with her in a father-daughter retreat, and, and I've done the same for my son. You know, these are, this is a unique blessing to bring them not only with affirming them in their uniqueness, but then also tie, bringing in the Word of God, bringing in Scripture, bringing in other things that would absolutely bless them where they're at. Make sense? For my son, of course, I'll say a young lady, bring a young lady into his life that's well-grounded in her walk with you and her faith and trust in you. But then I say it will love and respect him as your church loves and respects you. You see, that pulls from Ephesians 5:33 because the wife is to respect the husband and the, the, the husband is to love the wife as... Uh, 
as Christless Church. All right. Any questions on that? That prayer guide work? Use that. Right. There's a final version of, uh, and this is from Genesis 49. How powerful was that? Where uh, where blesses uh, uh, Jacob blesses uh, uh, Isaac blesses Jacob, and then Jacob in 49 there's Jacob blessing Joseph is what I'm referring to there. Um, that insinuates that this is just at death, and I actually I do encourage you to write a love letter. You know some point in time, you know, if you, who's done the uh, uh, winning at, I mean, sorry, the quest, quest study, and then loving, winning at home and at work, there's, you know, the idea is to always have that, uh, that love letter already written that, uh, that you want to leave your family. And I encourage you to do that. That's a tremendous blessing and a legacy to pass on. But I also encourage you at any transition, you know, uh, significant birthday, 16. Graduation from high school, uh, graduation from college, going off for the first time, uh, marriage. You know, these are first child. You know, as as you go on, you know, these are transitions, significant transition points. Might be at 13. You know, I always love the story about the dad who put a big hug on his son, uh, uh, bigger than normal, on his 13th birthday. And dad, his son kind of turned and said, what was that for, Dad? He said, I just want to get one last hug in before you become a royal pain in the tail as a teenager. You know, that, that's, that, was his, that was his joke with his son. But, you know, that's, that's a tra- that may be a transition point as, as a child begins to move into adolescence. You know, draft a, a short letter. Let him, cause sometimes uh, what I have found is when I write things down and reread them, I say things that I don't say very well verbally. And and then they have that letter. I'll never forget that I was I sent uh, I gave Amanda a book when she went to college. It's called uh, Staying Christian in College. And I'd read through the book, highlighted some areas, and just wrote a letter with her to 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 go with her. And that letter stayed up on her board over her desk for all four years of college because that just kept her aware of how much her father loved her. And how concerned I was that she stays very grounded in her walk with Christ in the midst of all the distractions of a university environment. Man, I wish I'd had that when I was in university. I certainly wasn't in sync with with my walk with Christ at that time of my life. So I encourage you to look at at at, at writing that letter as a possibility at, at different junctures in time. It's also I've, I've, I didn't do this because I wasn't in sync at that age. But I encourage you, even as your child is an infant, if you if you in that early stage, put a love letter right there in the baby book. You know, it, it, during those years, you know, just say to try to capture some of those uh, uh, the elation that a dad feels during these the the time. I'll, you know, that's a, when you're back there in hut one, hut two, and that child comes out. I mean that's about as big a I'll never you know that's that's when I experienced a lot of the uh healing for my relationship with dad when I got to see God's miracle of what a man and woman have produced together with this infant child that was going to depend completely on us for a number of years it just blew me away and to capture that in writing I wish I would have done that so you know anytime you write that note or just uh, just get that inspiration Insert it in that baby book, put it in a file, and then let the child, you know, give it to the child at some point in their life. 
So I, I'm very much a fan of letters for dads uh, and just just documenting and writing. Anybody else have that? Do you write better? Do you write say things when you write that you don't necessarily say very good verbally? That's isn't that true? All right. All right, so you got the short form, longer, the prayer, and then the the idea of a final letter or at least a letter at transition. Does that make sense? Good stuff. Just a, you know, just how many of y'all received a blessing growing up from your dad? That's usually about the number. You know, I have a, a group of 50 or 100 men. It's usually uh, maybe maybe three or four. Powerful stuff. Now, how many of y'all received blessing from the Heavenly Father that you're the man that you're called to be? Do you claim that blessing? Absolutely. I'll show you where that is in just a minute. All right. All right, so the power. Remember, we talked a lot about the power of the Father the very first week. The power of affirmation and blessings is that you provide a very unique encouragement for the uniqueness of a child's giftedness. You know, and I... I find that, you know, I feel that that's one of the most significant jobs I have as a dad is to help my kids understand their unique giftedness. Now, we received a lot of uh, uh, chastisement as growing, you know, as my kids were younger because they were playing soccer, they were doing theater, they were doing piano. They, they, were, they, were, they, were, they were out there. Why? Just because I wanted to be busy? No, I wanted them to find where their giftedness is. We can't do that, limiting them to one activity a week. I couldn't. I didn't feel comfortable doing that. They have to find it. I couldn't force it. I think I told you I had them, both of them, on the tennis court at four running lines because they were going to be the next Steffi Graf and and uh, Boris Becker, right? Didn't take. Yeah, I wonder why. Nobody liked to run lines when you're four years old. I ran lines all my life, you know. It was just part of the deal. But uh, for some reason, it didn't take. So I couldn't tell them what to do once a week or five times a week or whatever. They have to find their uniqueness, their individual giftedness. Build up, you know, the affirmation blessing builds up the confidence beyond self. What are we always doing when we affirm? We're conveying what? The power of the Father, all right? So when I, when I talk about competition with my son, for instance, I'm not talking about his competition to somebody else. I don't. In fact, that's one of the biggest distractions, isn't it? How often have you been in a job and you've seen somebody else get a promotion? You you, you get distracted by saying, "What in the world is that about?" Or when you were playing sports, you saw somebody that just had it in sync, or the coach and him were on the right page, and and he was the one to get in all the plays. Those are all distractions. And that's what I love about sports because you get to see all that real time because it does happen. There are favorite athletes or the athletes that are on full rides or athletes that you know, are here or there, and uh, they're the ones that, that seem to get the breaks or they get the most opportunities or whatever the case may be. But my encouragement to you is to understand that that's an opportunity to convey to your children that that's really what the world's about. Life isn't fair. And if you allow yourself to get focused on the unfairness from your perspective, you're being taken out of the game. Our challenge is to get our kids focused that their competition is themselves to be the best they can be. If they'll be the best they can be, everything else will take care of itself. But they have to do that by staying focused on Christ, understand the unique giftedness they have in Christ, understand how he empowers them 
in their unique giftedness, and then they take responsibility for that and nurture it to be the best they can be. And if they can make a living doing that, you've done a great job. All right? So that's our challenge is to encourage them and, and, and allow them to build up that confidence, not in individual accomplishments, but in who they're becoming, and that it is in sync with a bigger plan for their lives, always looking at more of an eternal perspective because it's tough. I mean, how often did you look past Friday night as a teenager? Not very often, huh? All right. Did you, you all are a fan of Brad Paisley? Have you heard his song, you know, A Letter to Me? Great song. Great song. He writes, he's, he's writing back to his son, to himself when he was 17, you know. And, and one of the things he says, he says, you know, you can't see now because all that's important is Friday, you can't see past Friday night. But I'm here to tell you the Lord's at work and there's some good things going on in your life. And the best line in there, I think, is when he says, you know, all those times you argue with Dad, just know that he was right. <laughs> you know, don't, don't, don't argue anymore. Just accept the fact that Dad was right. Because when you're 40, you realize how right your dad was. Positive impact on generations out. That's a powerful deal. We want to have a positive impact a thousand generations out. The love of the Father goes a thousand generations. And, of course, we're about providing grounding on the rock. The rock is Jesus the Christ. The way we go about this, I just encourage men to be real. When you're affirming and blessing your children, your wife, your the R is to relax and let God be God. Don't be over rigid in something that you want to try to do. But let God be God. Uh, put your put your outline together, your prayer together, but let God be God. Encourage your, your son or your daughter specifically. Encourage them in their uniqueness. It may be a character trait. It may be a, a, a a physical trait. It may, you know, maybe some whatever their unique giftedness is. Encourage them specifically. Affirm her in who she is, who she is, and then who she is becoming. And finally, express your love unconditionally. Put no conditions on your love. That I'll let me share just one more thing before we we. Go to, I want to break a little bit early because then we're going to come back together as a group at the end. Uh, I was convicted even just, just in the last uh, couple of years uh, of conditions on my love. I made a, I made a comment uh, about my daughter, and, and my bride said, uh, and, I, and I said, I made a comment, and she said, she came back, she said, I didn't realize you were disappointed in Amanda. I said, I'm not disappointed. I'm just, this is a, a, a she said, no. You're disappointed. And I thought, that government, I hate it when she does that. <laughs> She's right again, you know. Uh, I just got to thinking that if she could read disappointment in something I said, how much more can my kids see it in my eyes, in my actions, in my words that I say directly to them? And it started to eat on me a little bit. This is this is how my bride does this so eloquently. She 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 just says enough, you know. When I didn't recognize my son in my back in the backyard, she just said, "You're traveling too much." She didn't she didn't jump on me. She just said those words and let God take over. 
And that's what she did this time. She said, I didn't realize you were disappointed in your daughter. You know how many times disappointment shows up in here? Twice. Who is disappointed? The only way it's used is when men are not disappointed in God because God is always God. He does what He says He's going to do. Our Heavenly Father is never disappointed in us. He, number one, because He knows what we're going to do, of course. And I began to realize that when I express disappointment, I'm actually con expressing conditions. I'm putting conditions on receiving my love. And man, I was busted. And I just thought, that's not what we're called to do. We don't put conditions on our love. We love unconditionally. We're supposed to emulate the Heavenly Father's love for us to the best of our ability on earth. So that requires an unconditional love. Now, does that mean there's no discipline? No, you realize we're talking about two different things here. I'm just talking about loving. When we're talking about affirmations and blessings, we have no conditions for these. There's absolute, unconditional love expressed. There's no disappointment. There's just encouraging and accepting of where your children are in their walk. And, and hopefully you can guide them to get more in sync with what the Lord's up to in their life. So I, I just encourage you as men to be real. Relax and let God be God. Encourage your children specifically. Be sure to affirm not only who, who your child is, but whose she is and who she is becoming in his strength. And then finally, that unconditional dimension of love is really where we're at. Amen? Okay. That's affirmations and blessings. The Word, I love Genesis 49. Jacob blessed all 12, or 12 of them. That, you know, Reuben, you're my firstborn, my might, excelling in honor, excelling in power. How do you think Reuben walked out of that room? Yeah, he, was, he was probably feeling pretty good. Joseph, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over a wall. Wow. What a blessing. And of course, when Jesus came out of the water, you are my son whom I love, with, whom I, with you I am well pleased. At the transfiguration, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. A competence instilled. Listen to him. And then finally, this is a blessing I was talking about that we claim as Christians. Revelations 22, 7 and 14. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy in this book that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates of the city. That's the blessing we claim. All right? Blessed is he who keeps the words of prophecy in this book. Not in any addendum to this book, <laughs> but in this book. All right? Okay. Let's close in prayer and let you break out in small group, and then we'll come back together before, uh, before we wrap up. Lord, thank you again for the opportunity to be here and to, to claim the blessing that you offer us as our Heavenly Father. You're an awesome God, and thank you for your patience. Um, too often, Lord, I confuse patience with permission to uh, just continue down a path that's not your path or that's it's not leading my children down the right path or my marriage down the right path. But Lord, uh, 
just uh, affirm me and bless me where I'm at in my walk with you and help me extend that uh, in, uh, in affirming and blessing those near and dear to me. So guide us in our small group discussion here this morning, Lord, that we can have some clarity on what you're up to through uh, as we wrap up this study, that we can indeed uh, be very sensitive to the negativity or the negative comments that we may uh, just throw out uh, uh, that we see as maybe inconsequential. But, uh, Lord, there's always a consequence in our words. You've explained that very clearly over these weeks together, how powerful we are as fathers and how powerful uh, our efforts at communication can be a, an influence for good and also how it can be an influence for bad. So, uh, Lord, we ask you to guide us and be with us in our discussions, draw us a little bit closer to you uh, through them, and uh, bless our time together. I lift these things up in the name of the risen Lord, Jesus the Christ. Amen. All right, small group discussion.